I was reading last night that 80% of Super Bowl winning quarterbacks have had blue eyes. 80%. I mean, that's a statistically significant number, to put it lightly. And then further that 60% of the top 50 quarterbacks of all time have had blue eyes. And I'm not including green. When I say blue, I mean blue. Blue eyes. So, I mean, those are incredible numbers. I mean, 60 is a majority for the top 50 quarterbacks of all time, but 80% have had blue eyes. And while I was reading about this, I, I saw pictures of all of these names, these big names that I grew up with. And it's funny how I, I just never made that connection. And even guys before my time, you know, I know all their names, of course, being a football fan. But it was interesting watching or, or looking at photos of all these guys from the 80s to present day who have blue eyes. It was actually terrifying. You know, blue eyes, especially light blue eyes, are significant because you really see the pupil. The pupil is like this bullet staring right at you. It's piercing. And so seeing all these photos, like even Dan Marino, you know, he never won a Super Bowl, but obviously one of the best quarterbacks of all time. Italian, you know, dark brown hair, striking blue eyes. <laughs> Dan Marino's striking blue eyes. Some obvious guys like, like Terry Bradshaw, he's blonde. But Tom Brady, of course, the biggest example, seven Super Bowls, best quarterback of all time. And uh, yeah, very blue eyes, but those are just a few guys. I mean, we're talking far higher numbers than that. And I also saw that I think 69% of all US presidents have had blue eyes. Aside from Obama, apparently everyone from Ronald Reagan up to Biden, through Biden, Biden has blue eyes, Trump has blue eyes. Bush has blue eyes. Clinton has blue eyes. <laughs> Reagan. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> in all of the, pretty much like the highest level of existence you can be in America is U.S. president, NFL quarterback. You know, as far as your notoriety goes, as far as your fame goes, I should say, not necessarily notoriety, um, People who, who reach those levels are blue-eyed. And uh, what was I going to say about that too? Like, I mean, any kind of like, whenever I find something like that out, like my mind is blown. Because, you know, with football in particular, it's funny that I didn't know that and that's not talked about because... Everything else is hyper-analyzed. Like, you watch football and they'll be like, guys who are six foot, quarterbacks who are six foot two and a half and were born in Texas tend to do better on rainy days when the wind is blowing just slightly this way. And I'm barely exaggerating. If you're a football fan, you know exactly what I mean. Like, everything is hyper-analyzed. The numbers are crunched on everything. And not just the hard data, you know, not just like the hard data of what goes on on the field, like all kinds of circumstantial stuff as well. 
Yet I have never once in my entire life as a football fan heard a commentator or, or seen that discussed publicly. There is an article from, I think it's early, mid-2000s, maybe 2005, 2006 at the latest, I think. But there is an article that discusses it. And that was then. Like, since then, there have been more. You know, this is the better part of 20 years ago this article was written. And since then, it's only been proven more. But it was it was pointing it out. And uh, this article, it, of course, was like, oh, well, like, you know, this may be in part because of the racism that prevents black quarterbacks from being quarterback. But, you know, even if you look within white people, you know, even if you just look within the white population, whites have the greatest variety of eye color of anyone. And yet still, the blue-eyed ones are the best quarterbacks. Overwhelmingly, you know, overwhelmingly, if you have blue eyes, you're more likely to win a Super Bowl. If you have blue eyes, you're far more likely to be an elite quarterback, too. If you're 60% of the top 50 of all time, you know, that's a significant probability. And I think that the amount of blue eyes, you know, it's hard to get this data, but I think the amount of blue eyes among uh, the white population is something like 30. So it's not like that many white people have blue eyes therefore making it probable that white presidents and white quarterbacks would have blue eyes like those numbers i mean they're just way over represented it's not a reflection of how many people in the population have blue eyes it's the numbers are way higher than that but it's it's funny to me that i've never heard that discussed and i'm always entertained by little details like that like I remember I saw a breakdown years ago of uh, the astrology signs of serial killers. Something I never would have thought to look up, or, or if I did see it, you know, if I did see that somewhere, I wouldn't have thought, like, oh, I'm going to compile, like, all of the astrological signs of serial killers and see what happens. But somebody did, and almost all of them are one of four signs. They're either a Pisces, a Sagittarius. What are the other two? I'm trying to remember what the other two were. I, I want to say Libra, but I don't, oh, one's definitely Gemini. So it's like Pisces, Sagittarius, Gemini, maybe Libra. I can't remember what the other one was. I'd have to look. But those four signs are heavily overrepresented among known serial killers. All of the big names. And the list, it even it included some serial killers where I'm like, who's that? That's how I react whenever I see the name of a serial killer I've never heard of. I'm like, who, what? Who's that? But all the major ones are on there. And then even some lesser known ones. And they're all, you know, most of them. Obviously, there's some that aren't. But most of them are one of those four signs. When I saw that, I was like, that's, a, that's crazy. You know, I'm kind of, I was talking about fair weather fans and just fair weather people recently kind of defending it you know saying we're all fair weather about some things and fair weather people aren't always that bad you know that's just kind of how it goes you're fair weather about some things 
But uh, you're talking about like fair weather. I'm kind of like fair weather when it comes to astrology. I always just say like, yeah, you know, astrology is cool. But I don't think about it a lot or know a lot about it. But I brought, when I found that out about the serial killers, I brought that up with a friend of mine who knows a ton about astrology. And he was like, oh yeah, and all four of those are mutable signs. All four of the signs that serial killers tend to have, he said, are mutable signs. And I still don't know what that means. And I've had it explained to me. There's some things that you've had explained to you like five times that you still just don't remember what it is. You still didn't really understand. And I remember asking him, I was like, what's a mutable sign? He's like, oh yeah, all those are also the mut are mutable signs. And I was like, what's that? He explained it to me, didn't stick. I don't, I don't know what the fuck it means, but apparently they're all in the same category. Like they all have some sort of similarity. I want to say he said something about them being signs where basically they put on a different face. Like they kind of mute their... I, I, I don't remember if mutable even means it's even meant like literally muted. But if I remember right, and I could be getting it totally wrong, he told me basically those people can like mute their own, their characteristics and like put on a different face. I don't know. I don't know if that's what he told me or not, or if I'm just making that up. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's just it's statistically significant. Like you can read into it however you want. But the fact that like so many known serial killers have fallen into one of those four categories, no Capricorns. A little pride there, a little Capricorn pride. There's no serial killer Capricorns. Capricorns basically live like serial killers without doing anything bad to anybody. People like me, my dad, other Capricorns I've known, it's like we're, we're basically those people who seem like serial killers, but we've never done anything bad to anybody. We have all the plus signs. We have all the good qualities of serial killers. Eccentric loners. You don't know what they're up to, what they're thinking. They don't display any emotion. They seem to have like their own weird inner world going on. We just basically have all the, all the good things about serial killers. But all the serial killers are Geminis, Pisces, Sagittarius, whatever the other one is. Um, but yeah, I, I just, anytime I find out like a fact like that, and again, it's like with that one, you can say whatever you want. And you know, I'm kind of a fair weather astrology fan. Like I never reject it, but I basically only care about astrology when I like it. Like if, if it, if it means like, it's, if it's something I like, like I'm like, oh yeah, astrology is great. Uh, I, I've had people, I've had a couple people do uh, in-depth astrology analysis of me and one of them one of them was somebody i didn't know very well and it was strikingly accurate this person really didn't know much about me at that point and wrote this whole report and it was you know i'm the kind of person where if someone tries to describe me i just get oppositional like even if they're right my natural impulse is to be like that's not me in this case, though, I was reading this report and I was like, this is me to a fucking T. And, uh, you know, a lot of people I like are into astrology, too. And so I enjoy them explaining it to me in more detail. I just kind of cherry pick what I care about. I'm just like, oh, yeah, I like that. I'm very fair weather with it. But I, I like it. You know, like, because people are always like, you believe in astrology? 
you don't believe in astrology, do you? I'm just kind of like, I don't even really think in terms of believing in it or not believing in it. It just presents certain information to me sometimes that I like. And that it does feel like it's on to something. It may not be what people think it is. It might not be like all defining. But it taps into something. It taps into some truths is kind of how I see it. And why wouldn't those truths revolve around like when and where you were born and all that what the stars were doing something we can't even comprehend but you know I, I like the idea that that all plays into it somehow and people have found some pretty impressive interesting things in it so it's not a matter of like believing it or not believing it I just sort of am like yeah hey, that's cool But anyway, the blue-eyed thing is a lot like that with the serial killer astrology signs where I'm just like, whoa, there's been that many. And, it, and then again, it's never discussed. And you can kind of understand why the blue-eyed thing isn't discussed that much, if at all, really, aside from just a couple little mentions of it. Uh, and it's because, I mean, I think it should be obvious why it's not discussed. You know, it, it's, <laughs> it's basically... Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, like basically, Arians are the best quarterbacks. <laughs> Arians are the, are the are more likely to be president. I mean, it plays into those perceptions. Um, basically, blue eyes are superior, and so of course people aren't going to want to talk about it. And I saw this post about it online. And speaking of like it not being talked about, it, it also being challenged because, or not challenged, because it's not something like the facts themselves can't be challenged at all in this case. Like you can't challenge the fact that all of these guys have blue eyes. You know, you can't, you cannot refute that. But because it's in our strange world, it's sort of an inconvenient fact. So people are going to try to rationalize it. And some of these responses I saw last night, you had someone who was like, well, it's because people find blue-eyed guys more attractive. And if they're more attractive, they're more likely to be popular. And if they're popular, they're more likely to be confident. And confidence helps them be good quarterbacks. I'm like, wow. <laughs> oh, that explains it. Oh, yeah, it's because they were popular. It's because they're attractive and popular, and that gives them the confidence. I mean, there's, there's plenty of <laughs> green-eyed and brown-eyed guys who are insanely popular in school and become quarterbacks, too. Why, don't, why aren't they 80% of Super Bowl winners? But you, you have to love that attempt to rationalize it. Using, like, a, you know, and I, anybody who listens to this knows I'm not a, like, oh, the gotta follow the science kind of guy but I do like statistics I, I took a statistics class in college I don't remember anything from it but I do like statistics um, but I'm not a like follow the science please kind of guy at all yeah in that case it's funny like that attempt to rationalize it well like they're popular they're, the guys who are considered blue-eyed guys are considered handsome which makes them popular which gives them confidence which helps them be better on the football field you know it's like that sort of uh, <laughs> it might even be a little bit of truth to that but like the idea of like explaining away 
the the sheer dominance of blue-eyed guys in professional football at quarterback. Um, it's just like, yeah, great explanation there. Very, very scientific. Because that's probably a person who is otherwise like, follow the science, please. You know, it's probably someone who thinks that way, but yet just to rationalize why blue eyes are so superior at the quarterback position, uh, it's like you come up with this like really, <laughs> really out there explanation. And then I saw another response where they were like, oh, so you think blue eyes makes people better at throwing things? Look at all these other examples of guys who have great arms in other sports who don't have blue eyes. And that's a funny response, too, because they think what's being implied. And one, like, if you say 80% of Super Bowl winning quarterbacks have blue eyes, the majority of, of, of the top quarterbacks have blue eyes, the majority of U.S. presidents have had blue eyes. Like, when you say that, even if you're just stating it as a fact like I am here, just a fact. That's we can't. You can't refute that. Even if you just state it as a fact, someone who has an issue with with that, for the reasons I'm kind of getting at here, will assume that you are implying something. Like me just saying, "Oh, eighty percent of successful of of." you know, Super Bowl quarterbacks, Super Bowl winning quarterbacks have had blue eyes. Like someone's like, oh, what are you implying? And well, the simple fact is that people with blue eyes are superior football players, superior quarterbacks in high pressure situations. Like that is just the fact. Like, you know, data is meaningless if we can't infer that from that piece of data. All data, all, all data analysis is pointless and meaningless if we can't infer that people with blue eyes are more dominant or better at elite level quarterback play you know we you have to infer that from it pretty much but you're not necessarily implying anything about you know the superior superiority of blue-eyed people as a whole you're referring to it in a very specific context but it's built into a statement like or it's built into you know a discussion around something like that that like something is being implied so people want to refute it you know and, and if it was something like being left-handed nobody would care you know if the fact was like oh 80 percent of Super Bowl winning quarterbacks have been left-handed people would just be like oh that's really interesting I wonder why like there must be a reason with blue eyes, it's like, oh, no, well, uh, it's because they're popular. But then this other one was funny because it was like, you know, basically, oh, like, having blue eyes doesn't mean you're better at throwing things. And, like, one of the responses was, like, it's, nobody's saying it's about throwing things. And what someone was thinking was, like, you know, maybe people with blue eyes are better at basically better at I think the way they put it was like having a delayed response like like delaying their response like basically being cool under pressure is what it boiled down to they used fancier language but what it came down to is like people with blue eyes are cooler and more level-headed under pressure and 
basically respond to, you know, chaotic, high pressure situations with measured responses, which is exactly what a quarterback does. They have to, one, like strategize very well, but football is about having a strategy and then improvising and like trying to carry out that strategy while you're being surrounded by utter chaos and random things happen and you have to respond. It's, uh, it's crazy. I mean, it's seriously crazy what a quarterback does. I mean, all of the focus on quarterback is 100% deserved. All of the attention that quarterbacks get, the status they have, it's 100% deserved. Because it is, it is insane what they do. Because they're, they're like a second coach who's on the field, too. At least the really good ones. And it's, it's not a coincidence that quarterbacks are measured in terms of wins. It's the only position where wins are measured as a statistic, just like they're on-field statistics. And it's also way more meaningful if a quarterback has or hasn't won a Super Bowl in terms of how his legacy is judged. Like other positions, yeah, it'll help. You know, if you're a running back and you have a Super Bowl ring or three, that's going to greatly influence whether or not you get into the Hall of Fame, especially how soon you get into the Hall of Fame. But it's not really a deciding factor like it is for quarterback. You know, you'll regularly hear people talk about a quarterback's candidacy for the Hall of Fame, and they'll be like, yeah, you know, if he could get a ring, or if he could get, if he could get another ring, he'd be in. So, you know, quarterback is really measured in that way, similar to a head coach, where it comes down to how much did you win? And you're never going to see that for like a cornerback. You're never going to see that for a defensive lineman. You're going to see it less for running backs, every other position. And you have a lot of quarterbacks who put up really impressive numbers throughout their career. But people are like, hey, you know, I don't know if he's really Hall of Fame. He only made the playoffs this many times and you know, never got a Super Bowl ring. Um, so it, it's really a deciding factor in the same way it is for coaches. So it is like the second coach who's actually on the field. And to not only to do it at all, but then to do it successfully enough to win Super Bowls or to be considered, you know, one of the elite, you know, it requires like a certain um, coolness under pressure, but an ability to make decisions under high pressure with all the eyes of the world on you, with the odds stacked against you, to not get emotional, to not get anxious, or if you do get emotional and anxious, to be able to channel that into what you're doing and keep your focus. So, you know, it's funny that someone's like, oh, blue eyes, uh, that doesn't mean that they can throw things better. It's not about throwing. And proof of that is when elite quarterbacks get older. I mean, Peyton Manning's a perfect example. He didn't have blue eyes, but he's an example of, of what I'm talking about, which is that, you know, his arm was gone at the end. Like, if you watched Peyton Manning's last season in the NFL, one, he was playing with this 
some sort of bad injury to his foot, like plantar something, I don't remember what it's called, but it's like basically like your foot's in constant pain and you have to get surgery. And he was playing with that. His arm was fucked. I don't know if it was his shoulder, his arm, or what it was, but his if you watch Peyton Manning throw the ball, he he struggled. And granted, like Denver had an incredible defense that year, which is largely the reason they won the Super Bowl. You know, Peyton Manning was a big part of it. And just his ability to manage a game and uh, make decisions and improvise within a strategy to, you know, win games, that was all there. Even though his body wasn't, you know, his body was wrecked. And you could see it, like you could visibly see it. Um, what he brought with him was, you know, his his mental ability, as well as just his ability to make decisions, which is his mental ability. And these guys too, like that style of player, you know, often begins to rely less and less on athleticism once he settles into his career. You know, it's he's going to do less running around, less fewer feats of athleticism, and it's it's mostly about making good decisions, being accurate, making good decisions in the moment, and not really moving around a bunch. Like it's it's basically the commander of the football field on the offense. So, you know, I think that is, that's a more um, interesting angle than just, so oh, maybe people with blue eyes throw better. Like, that, that tells me that person really doesn't watch or understand football. Because if you think what's being implied when you say that, like, most elite quarterbacks have been blue-eyed, if you think what's being implied by that is that, you know, people with blue eyes throw better, you have no idea what a quarterback is or does. So the person who thought, yeah, it was just what I was going into there. Ability to make decisions under pressure, implement strategies and improvise around them. You know, that to me is more likely and more interesting. Um, but then, you know, it was even pointed out that like Wayne Gretzky, like some other like elite players from the 80s, like I think Wayne Gretzky, Larry Bird, blue-eyed as well guys who had similar qualities to quarterbacks in their own sports. You know, I don't know how the numbers break down in hockey or basketball, but like those guys were considered the best of the best in their time. And interestingly, they were both blue-eyed. So it's it's not about, but it's it's not about physical ability. You know, I think that's where somebody would jump with it. Like, oh, it must correlate to like their physical ability to throw accurately, uh, you know, and it's like, no, like that's, that's not it. I mean, you have to be accurate to be a successful quarterback, at least in the modern era, but that's not what we can take from it. But it's kind of an inconvenient, uh, detail because, you know, th there's always been the story in football that like, oh, people don't think black guys are smart enough to be quarterback and there have been far fewer of them. And, you know, there's some truth to the idea that there was a barrier, like there was a point in NFL history where people didn't think a black guy could play quarterback. 
um, you know, some sort of like Jackie Robinson sort of thing. However, uh, you know, even in the modern era, like, cause I, I think there was a real t- turning point around, I'd say it was around 1999 where you started to see a lot more black quarterbacks getting drafted. You, just, you started to see a lot more black quarterbacks starting. You know, there were always some, not maybe not always, but going back to 70s. But it was around 99 when there was kind of this big push, like the gates kind of opened. But since then, like st- still far fewer quarterbacks, especially elite quarterbacks, have been black. And there's no real stigma preventing a black quarterback from being successful today. Like, you'll hear people say that, but it's really not there. There's no evidence to support that. A lot of teams invest heavily into black quarterbacks today. And, uh, you know, so, I don't know, it's just, it's just something, it's just, how it's worked out and like as anybody who watches football knows it's like a lot of black quarterbacks rely like they'll they'll have a burst of success early on in their career because they're young and fresh out of college and they rely much more heavily on athleticism because like in college football a quarterback can be very successful just by running around a bunch like, I don't really enjoy college football because it is just sort of like, I feel like I'm watching like backyard football or something because the quarterback just runs around all the time. And it's it's more of an athletic display than strategic. And so, and this is true for a lot of college quarterbacks in general, but they come to the NFL and rely heavily on their legs. And then over time, you really can't do that. Like it takes its toll. You get hurt, you get hit. You're, you're getting older, so your ability to do that slows down. I mean, not for Michael Vick or someone. Like, Michael Vick was able to run all over the place, you know, about right up until the end, if I remember right. Um, but, you know, for most of them, it, it, it's really not something you can rely on long term. And even white guys who were more mobile when they were younger, like, once they've really settled into their role, they don't end up doing that as much. There are fewer tricks. They're really just this kind of commander who tries to stay as still as possible. And it's really only if like a defensive end is like coming down their throat that they do any kind of tricks or running around. Um, it's, it's mainly just kind of dropping back, staying extremely cool. And, you know, and there are other like, you know, statistical facts, you know, they, that are much easier to read into than the blue eyed thing. I mean, like the ideal height for a quarterback is what, like, Probably between like 6'3 and 6'5. You know, maybe, you know, 6'1, six, six 6'2. Six I mean, you have guys like Drew Brees, who was 6'1. But I, I'd say the ideal height, 6'3 through 6'5. But interestingly, like guys who are taller than 6'5 can't really do it. Like every once in a while, you'll have a quarterback who's like six foot six or six foot seven, but in most cases, those guys don't end up as successful as the guys who are like between six three and six five. And of course, being tall, like being between six three and six five, like the the reasons why that's why that greatly helps someone's ability as quarterback are obvious because 
they have great sight down the field. You know, if you're six foot four, you can see over the line, you can see down the field, you can see where your receivers are, you can read defenses. You know, there's a huge advantage to having that height when you're quarterback. But interestingly, you know, there's apparently like a disadvantage to being over six foot five. So it's just like this little window that makes for the, the ideal quarterback. I don't know what it is about being 6'6 six, six or 6'7 six, because I can think of a few guys who are that height and they just you just don't see them. Like you, you'll see one of those players and you'll be like, oh, he's a little extra tall, but only an inch or two. I don't know if those guys, if, if the body starts to become like more brittle, if the lankiness starts to, you know, take its toll or something. I don't know if it's a limitation. I, I wouldn't be able to tell you. I just know from being a football fan that once you get over 6'5", like there's, there's been a ton of quarterbacks who are 6'5", very successful quarterbacks. But once you get into 6'6", six, six and 6'7", six, it just starts to, the ability just doesn't carry. And then sometimes you'll have guys like Russell Wilson, who's like, I don't know, 5'10", 5 5'11", 5 very short for a quarterback. And, uh, you know, I'll love Russell Wilson forever because of what he did for the Seahawks. But you could see where that became more and more of a limitation. Like, when he was fresh, it was like his physical ability. Like, he was able to, like, pull all kinds of magic tricks. He was able to run around in the backfield. He was a mobile threat. But then as he, as he got a little older, you could see where he was now limited. Like, he wasn't able to really do what he, what he did when he was younger. And then now he's just short. So being able to like sit back in the pocket, like he he can't see shit. Like all of the offensive and defensive linemen are like 6'3", 6'5", and here he's 5'10", trying to look over them. You know, it's eventually he's going to be limited. Granted, like he doesn't suck now or anything, but you could see his ability to make things happen is greatly diminished, and he's, he's seen as something of a has-been at the moment. So being 6'3 or 6'5 is just a kind of a fact. Like the, That's the ideal height range for a quarterback. Apparently, you know, having blue eyes is too, but you're not going to hear that discussed publicly for some reason. Um, but yeah, with the black quarterback thing, like it's, it's always been a major topic of discussion. You know, this, this perceived racism that they didn't let black guys become quarterbacks because they were seen as less smart. And there was, you know, some truth to that. You know, they really didn't put guys in at quarterback if they were black for the longest time. But we've seen that change greatly, and we've seen some very successful black quarterbacks. Um, we see them today. But then you have examples like Patrick Mahomes, who's half black. And he's, you know, obviously the best quarterback in the league these days. And, uh, you know, he's mixed. So you can't really call him a, a black quarterback in the same sense you would other people. Um, but uh, I don't know what color his eyes are. I know a couple half black kids in school who, you know, they looked half black, but they had just crazy pale blue eyes. I don't know what color Mahomes' eyes are. Be interesting if they were blue. I don't think they are, though. Um, so that means he's not going to win something. You know, he's won Super Bowls. 
you know, there are exceptions. That's the whole thing. It's not like 100% of the time blue-eyed guys win super win the Super Bowl. No, it's obviously not 100, but 80 is just a, a, a massive amount. But yeah, it is interesting, like, the, everything's so hyper-analyzed in football, but you won't really hear something like that talked about. You know, it, it's for whatever reason, and, and we know the reasons, but for whatever reasons, it's kind of an inconvenient fact. And the argument that I saw in that old article that mentioned it, where it's like, well, they didn't allow black players in for the longest time. They didn't allow black players to play quarterback. And it's like, well, that doesn't, that's not a good argument because we're not just talking about black versus white players. That argument would make sense if you said like X percentage of Super Bowl winning quarterbacks are white. There's a fair argument to be made there if, if that's what we're talking about. But we're talking about even within the white population. Even within the white population, <coughs> cough, uh, blue eyes are superior. And that statement itself, me saying superior, <laughs> you know, that you can't even say that. Even though I'm referring to it in a very specific context, superior at this role on the football field. But saying blue eyes are superior, like taking out of context, someone will ruin your life with that. You know, interesting, like a couple weeks ago, a week ago, there was this uh, discussion going on online where this young statistician, very liberal, outspoken liberal, was arguing with people about race and statistics and all, all that stuff I won't get into. But it got onto the topic of football. And someone pointed out that this guy, because this guy basically, like, he was trying to argue with people about race and statistics. And then very quickly, like, he couldn't really refute what was being said to him. And so he just started calling people racist. Like, you know, which is just the, the trump card in, you know, our era where it's like, oh, if you can't win an argument, you just call someone a name. I mean, that's what, every, that's what babies do. Like, if you can't win an argument, you're an asshole. But calling someone an asshole in today's world, adult world, you don't win any arguments that way. You don't stop any arguments that way. Like, if you can't logically defend yourself to somebody, calling them an asshole isn't going to stop the argument. Calling them a racist, sexist, this, this phobic, whatever it is, you know, that, that you can use that to shut them down. Because built into that is more than just calling someone a name. It's an attempt to destroy their character and to, you know, invoke moral righteousness. And so this is what that guy did. He was just, he was unable to refute some people. So he just started being like, well, you're a racist, so it doesn't matter. Um, but this guy, uh, you know, someone pointed out where they were like, because they were talking about like football players and stuff. And uh, <laughs> the guy was like, uh, someone, someone commented, they were like, you know, what's interesting is that this guy, like the young statistician, like he doesn't seem to have a problem with the idea that like black people are better at certain things. 
Like the, the position of cornerback is a popular one with this because every starting cornerback for the last 20 years, I think it is, something like that, has been black. Like not a single, and there's two corner, there's two starting cornerbacks on every single football team. So there's how many teams? Like 32? I can't, is that how many football teams there are? So in the league, there's, let's, let's say there's 32. I think there's 32. Uh, so there's, you know, uh, 64 starting cornerbacks every single year. And then those change throughout the year. Guys get hurt, guys get promoted, demoted. So it's like there's even more on top of that because things change. They're not static. But, you know, let's, just going with like the starting lineup at the beginning of each year, there's 64. And so 64 times, you know, however many years, 20 years, 20 something years. I can't remember. I think I remember seeing that Jason Seahorn of the New York Giants was the last starting white cornerback. And that was, I mean, I know he was on that Giants team that went to the Super Bowl in the early 2000s. I don't know what year he retired, but either way, it's been the better part of 20 years. And that's statistically significant. Like, why are cornerbacks more likely to be black? Not just more likely, almost exclusively black. And the starting position, ex definitely exclusively black. Well, speed, agility, you know, that's what's needed. Reaction time. You know, that, that's why. Same with certain other positions. You could look at basketball that way. You know, why are players overwhelmingly black in the NBA? But staying with football, cornerback is the example that's always used, where it is an exclusively black position. There are a couple positions that go back and forth, but it's interesting because you just see this, where quarterbacks generally white. We have some more black quarterbacks these days. Running back, overwhelmingly black. Interestingly, Christian McCaffrey was the first white cornerback since, I think, I want to say it goes back to the like early 60s. The, I think it was like or the early 60s was the last time that a white running back held the rushing record for the season. So that's crazy. Like Christian McCaffrey is the first white running back to hold the rushing yards record for the season in the last like 62 years fucking crazy but we just kind of accept that like running backs are black cornerbacks are always black centers are often white there's a lot there's centers of both black and white but it's a position you do tend to see more white guys in inside linebacker who's kind of the quarterback of the defense defensive ends you see some really good white guys that is a position you tend to see more white, a lot of white guys. And I think you, it's mostly black guys, but you do see white defensive ends, especially some really good ones. Um, safety, black, mostly black, but you do occasionally see a white safety. Offensive line, a lot of white guys, more than you see elsewhere. Tight ends, a lot of white guys. Receivers, mostly black, but you do have some very elite white receivers. But there are certain positions where you just accept that that's a black position. 
And it's crazy when you see a white guy playing it, especially in a starting role. Um, and you can look at the reasons for that, like, like I was saying about cornerbacks. It's like the speed, agility, and reaction time that's required for a cornerback just happens to be a quality that black people have more of. Because if there was a white cornerback who could do what those guys do, teams would start him in a heartbeat. It's just not something you see anymore, though. And so the, the reaction to this uh, statistician's like, you know, response to all this race stuff in football, one of them was just like, he doesn't have a problem with you like pointing out the cornerbacks are more are exclusively black because of you know certain innate qualities they have but he does have a huge problem with anything that, that potentially complements the innate qualities of white people like if you try to make an argument as to why quarterbacks especially elite quarterbacks long-term elite quarterbacks are more likely to be white and suggesting that that's because of innate qualities. It's like, that's a problem. So it, it's, not an, it's not that people have a problem with mentioning innate qualities based on race. It's that any sort of innate quality that makes a white person more suited for a certain role in the football field is bigoted, it's racist, it's prejudice. And that is how it's perceived. You know, that is how any kind of... like. The thing about blue eyes, like saying, you know, blue eyes, guys with blue eyes are better quarterbacks. Guys with blue eyes are overwhelmingly more likely to win the Super Bowl. It suggests there's something innate about having blue eyes. Not that every person with blue eyes is going to be a good quarterback, but that among the good quarterbacks you're more likely to have blue eyes, suggesting there's some sort of innate quality, which when it's combined with the right size and athletic ability, makes for the total package uh, as to what it takes to be a, a, an elite quarterback. Um, but to suggest that though is not allowed. It's not polite. And But within that, like the people who think that's impolite or offensive or just not something that should be discussed, even though every other, even circumstantial aspect of, of you know, what makes a good quarterback or what goes into the position, even though that's all analyzed and beaten to death, it's like the reason why it's considered inappropriate to mention blue eyes or to suggest that, you know, people of white European stock because I'd be even interested in the specific ancestry of these quarterbacks I'd be interested in seeing if like these Hall of Fame and Super Bowl winning quarterbacks not just whether they have blue eyes or not I'd be interested in knowing if there's some sort of common heritage even I feel like I'm hearing gunshots um, it's a wild world out there uh, I'd, I'd even be interested in that simply because it's interesting. You know, not as something to lord over anybody. Like, granted, I have blue eyes. This has all just been me trying to hype up the fact that I would have been a really good fucking quarterback because of my eyes. Now, I, I don't have those pa those straight up 
pale blue eyes. Like my eyes have kind of, I think a little bit of a greenish, like most people throughout my life, when they've described my eyes have said they're blue my whole life like they've been described as blue but there is a little bit of a greenish to them they're not just those straight up icy blue eyes at all they are blue they're more blue than they are anything else so I, sh I should have been a quarterback um, but you know going back getting away from all this like you know just thinking about blue eyes themselves like and what that means like 69 percent of all u.s presidents have had blue eyes 80 percent of super bowl winning quarterbacks 60 percent of the top 50 quarterbacks of all time you know just getting into like how blue eyes are seen like one they're just striking they're scary they're terrifying i think you're more likely to be able to scare someone from a glance alone with blue eyes than you are any other eye color. One, because of the pupil effect, because like the pupil stands out so much more. Like this little black bead just pierces you. And then it's just crazy too that this color that you see in the sky, that you see, you know, when the sky is reflecting off ice reflecting on water that like that's just in somebody's eye and that's what you see it's exotic it's even though blue is an earthy color the earth looks blue from space like when we think of earthy like when we think of earthy tones we think of browns greens hazel those are what we think of as earthy tones Blue eyes, even though blue is an earth is the color of the earth, we don't think of it as earthy. We think of it as almost supernatural. And people even say, like, you know, the color blue is important in any kind of like spiritual sense, where people who have had near-death experiences say they see a blue light. And so you're looking at someone's eyes and they have that color in their eye. It's really crazy. And it scares you to look at them. It's like looking at the eyes of a wolf. And uh, sometimes if you have blue eyes, sometimes with just a look alone, you can really scare somebody. And not scare them in like a threatening sense, just kind of freeze them up. I, I mean, I've personally felt that way. Like, like I said, I don't have icy pale blue eyes. You know, mine are kind of like a blue with a little bit of greenish, maybe. Not to be confused with turquoise. But when I've met people who have like pale, icy blue eyes, I'm just like, holy fuck. I do feel like I'm looking at the eyes of a wolf. I do feel like I'm looking at something almost supernatural. And people are drawn to that. But why are they drawn to that? Like, it goes back to the comment I saw online about why so many successful quarterbacks have blue eyes is like oh it's because people who think people are attracted to blue eyes and attractive people are more likely to be popular and popular people are more likely to be confident and confident people are more likely to be successful at what they do it's like that's that's a little complicated uh, but if you go back to the beginning of it like well why are blue eyes considered more attractive because i can't say that i'm more attracted to blue eyes in terms of like beauty like there is like a, a very unique sharp beauty to blue eyes but like thinking about women like i dated a girl who had just 
crazy blue eyes. Like she had, they were like very light blue, just icy blue. And it, it was crazy. But I've never like looked at girls with blue eyes. You know, like I, I've liked girls with any color eye. Eyes have never been significant to me. Like my thinking a girl is beautiful or hot has never really depended on the eye color. That's just kind of been incidental. So I personally don't consider blue eyes more attractive than other color eyes. And even though like there is the idea of like the blonde hair, blue eyed movie star, quarterback, leading man, main character, like even though there is something to that archetype, I don't know that people are going to single that out as more attractive or less attractive. Um, if anything, like, I mean, it seems to bring with it charisma. Like, even if a person isn't a charismatic person, there seems to be some sort of natural charisma to blue eyes. I wouldn't say blue eyes alone, like, you know, are considered more attractive. Like, the eyes themselves might be considered more beautiful, but I wouldn't say they're the deciding factor in terms of whether someone is attractive and popular and well-liked. It just seems to be there's some sort of natural charisma. And I think what I, where I want to take this is that there is something about blue eyes that communicate leadership. Getting lost in like beauty and attraction, I think, is maybe not a waste of time, but a waste, a little bit of a waste. Uh, and I think more something is communicated about leadership. Because elite quarterbacks and presidents of the United States, these are leaders, obviously. Quarterback is the leader of the football team. President is literally a leader. The highest leadership position in, in a country. And so, like, you could take it and say either blue eyes, people with blue eyes are more likely to be effective leaders and maybe effective isn't even the right word, but just more likely to have the qualities of leadership. You know, you could go there with it or that people see them that way. And at that point, what's the difference? But a difference is, you know, with football, it's like performance is the deciding factor. Like with a president, you know, there's there's a lot of variables at play. Like you could look at a, a president and just be like, oh, well, he, you know, his blue eyes make him more charismatic and popular. And a quarterback could be the most charismatic guy in the world, but that's not going to be the deciding factor, you know, as far as his success goes or whether he even gets to play or keep his position. You know, he has to perform too. There have to be results. And you could say that about president too. I mean, there have to be results. Like, it's someone who has to exhibit certain characteristics. And even if you don't think they're a good president, they still exhibit certain characteristics. And that's why it goes back to the guy's theory that, you know, this basically relates to decision making under pressure. Like, being able to stay cool and not react rashly 
to have a measured response in the face of chaos and pressure, which is something that's expected of a quarterback as well as a president. How do you measure that? I don't know. I don't know how you measure that. But that is one, that is, that is you know, a logical way to theorize you know, it is it is a logical way to theorize. Um, it is it is a logical way to theorize about the fact, about why it might be that successful quarterbacks and U.S. presidents are more likely to be blue-eyed. But it shows you where we're at. That it's, you know, you, you won't hear anybody say that. Like, I've watched, you know, who knows how many Super Bowls throughout my life. And you'll never hear a commentator mention this. And it would be a bit silly to be like, oh, well, my money's on Brady because of his blue eyes. But you'd think like a color commentator would be like, hey, Chris, did you know that 80% of uh, Super Bowl winning quarterbacks have had blue eyes? So what do you think? Is your money on Brady? You know, you'd think somebody would make a quip about it. And maybe they have, and I just haven't noticed. I, my ears have been closed. I've had my, my head in the sand and my fingers in my ears. I don't know. I just know that with all the bullshit they say to fill time, I've never heard them mention that. And I think that's because it's kind of inconvenient. With the current narrative, I think it's kind of inconvenient to point that out. And, you know, I, I'm going to kind of... I'm going to start paying attention to that. I don't think about eye color very much. You had people used to be like, I don't, I don't see color. I don't see the color of people's skin. I don't see eye color. I really don't pay the, like, I notice, but I don't think about it. Like I said, I'm not attracted to people based on their eye color. I've never chosen to pursue or not pursue a woman. Like, my attraction to a woman has never been, like, the deal breaker has never been her eye color, Ever. I'm I'm aware of the color of her eyes, but it's it's never been really a pro or a con. Like if I'm attracted to her, I'm, I'm going to be attracted to her regardless of the color of her eyes. But I'm going to start paying attention. Like I'm going to start paying attention to like people who I think of as very rational, measured thinkers, people who stay cool under pressure. I'm going to start paying attention to like what color eyes do they have? And going back to the atro- astrology thing, I remember. Back, I think it was the year, I don't know, I think it was after Drew Brees won the Super Bowl, but I was over at my mom's house and we were watching the Saints. And then it was some game where Drew Brees just killed it. And they were interviewing Drew Brees after the game. And I always liked Drew Brees a lot. I really enjoyed watching him play. And uh, my, my mom, though, was like, I wonder what astrology sign Drew Brees is. She's like, I bet he's a Capricorn. And I Googled it, did a little did a little Drew Brees Google. Sure enough, yeah, she got it. And my mom really understood astrology. But she was like, oh, I wonder if he's a Capricorn. Or she was like, he seems like, I think he's a Capricorn. Sure enough, he was. Um, just kind of funny, blue-eyed too. Blue-eyed Capricorn. I should have been a football player. 
I was. <laughs> I was until I was 15. But yeah, I'm, I'm going to start paying a little bit of attention. I just want to see... You know, because it's, it's the wrong... It's the it's the wrong perspective if you're like oh uh, it corresponds to physical ability because that's bullshit. Like it is, you know, a, a blue-eyed guy also has to have you know the athletic ability required to play quarterback. But it doesn't seem that there's correlation between those. What seems to set the blue-eyed quarterbacks apart is strategy, decision-making, coolness. And uh, so I'm going to start looking. Like when I see somebody who seems to make really wise, measured decisions when stress is erupting, I'm going to take a look at their eyes. And... uh, (laughs) I'm going to take a look at their eyes and this is just to see. Just to see. Or if I hear about a person. If I've never seen a person's eyes, but I hear about them acting a certain way or doing things a certain way, I'm going to be like, I bet they have blue eyes. But it is just something to pay attention to. I'm going to pay attention to it when I watch football, when I follow football. And we'll see if that trend continues. You know, that'll be another interesting thing if that trend changes. In the next 10 years, I'd be interested in seeing if that trend continues because it's been going for a while now. Like, this is current info. Like, this, what I'm saying about presidents, what I'm saying about quarterbacks, like, this is up to date. You know, I'm not talking about between the year 1945 and 1970. Like, I'm talking about, like, from the beginning in both cases from you know that what i said about 69 of us presidents you know that's not cherry picking the data to be like oh like trump and biden both have blue eyes so 69% of presidents from the last you know 8 years have had blue eyes you know i'm i'm talking about the beginning 69 of presidents all time same with quarterbacks I'm talking about 80% of quarterbacks since the Super Bowl started have had blue eyes. 80% of winning quarterbacks. So, you know, this this data isn't cherry-picked. But if it changes, that will be very interesting. That will produce its own insights. But as of right now, it hasn't changed. You know, there are exceptions. But uh, it has the, the trend hasn't changed. Children can run free. 